Welcome to the next edition of Missing the Point. I am Hollywood Rashawn Buchanan with my guy, uh, DK Sizzle. Uh, this is your first time listening to us. We thank you for tuning in. You know, you can find us on all streaming platforms tonight. We're talking all things Celtics. Yes, it is the offseason, but, you know, there's still some things that have went down uh, between, you know, with Jason and Jalen, you know, our, our, the new addition for South Porzingis, and then we'll, we'll end with uh, the Celtics schedule for the schedule release that came out uh, around this time last week. As we record this on August 23rd. So, uh, DK, how you doing tonight, man? Good, man. Good. I'm really feeling this sports drought. I need uh, I need my weekends chock full of of all the major uh, all the major sports. There's just nothing fucking on right now. I was watching the Women's World Cup. I was watching. I'm in the Premier League back and watching that. But I need NFL to start up because looking down the pipe, waiting wait until October for these Celtics. I don't know. I don't know. No. No. It's just that yeah. this one feels long. Sometimes summers go by quick, and you're all of a sudden you're back in your sports uh, watching, um, you know, nest, right? In in the fall onward, but fuck, man, I just feel like this summer's going on forever. Yeah, I mean that. I mean that's true. I mean, you know, usually there's not much to speak about with NBA come come August, and uh, no, you know, I remember the time last year. Unfortunately, we were doing a show. Uh, about Bill Russell's passing. I can't believe that's already been a year uh, since it happened. So, you know, rest in peace to Bill. But, yeah. um, Yeah, listen, September 7th cannot come quick enough. <laughs> and, obviously, you know, all the all the four sports will be back in full swing come come late September. So, I'm excited for for that. But, yeah, let's 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 give the people what they want. Let's not wait any further. So, yeah, like I said, first thing, jumping in. So, Przingis, as y'all know, got traded over here in, in, uh, in June – you know, for the beloved Marcus Smart and the three-team trade. Um, the FIBA World Cup is going on, or the basketball, I, I forget what it's called, but I, I think it's the FIBA World Cup for basketball that's going on right now. And he, you know, Porzingis was supposed to play. He was slated to play. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> we get the tweet, you know, where that sent Celtics Nation ablaze, as, as always. It don't take much to get us on fire. But as soon as we saw four to six, and it wasn't rings next to it. <laughs> we we lost we lost our mind. So um, the the injury that's being put out there is is being said that it was plantar fasciitis, um, which I, I think about Joe Kim Noah having that injury, and it wasn't really you know good for him in the long run. So just what what is your where is your concern meter with that? Um, and you know just you know do you think we see him in time for training camp? Yeah, I mean, he's supposed to be ready by by training camp. If if all of this is true and above board and everything that we're hearing is correct, then he should be good to start training camp. Um, I think I'm suspicious of the timing of the tweet and the diagnosis and turn, timetable for return because it would make a ton of sense to me if the Celtics traded for this guy with already established injury concerns and they were like, listen – we're going to need you to not play in that tournament. Um, I, your, your NBA career comes first. We want you to look fully healthy and ready to go. We don't want to risk an injury. That's like outside of the Celtics purview. Um, it happens in soccer all the time, uh, which is, I guess, I guess my concern meter is low to answer your question more succinctly, but it happens in soccer all the time where um, the people that pay players are, the clubs you know these cities that that host teams um 
and the and the sort of franchise owners that pay uh, soccer players, but they also go on a, essentially a volunteer basis to play in tournaments for their country. So it's a very similar situation. Now, if it's the World Cup, which in in soccer terms is the biggest tournament you could possibly uh, play in, and this is the dreams of every kid, you're not going to fake an injury to not go on international duty, you know, to go to go play for your country. Right. The FIBA World Cup in comparison to actual NBA games is not the same thing. So I would be unsurprised if this was a move to make sure that he was in fact fully healthy for the for come come uh, training camp in, in eight weeks or whatever it is, eight weeks from the time we got the news. And, you know, it's like it, it what, what players always do in, in soccer, like Liverpool players, for example, will – it's like, oh, there's an international friendly game, right? And say you're like fresh off an injury or, you know, you've just come back into the team or there's like a risk of something. Your uh, physios, your um, health and safety department, whatever, you know, whatever you're calling those guys who are, are in charge of your your wellness are, they want to keep you. They, they, they're like, they don't go to a friendly, which means nothing, right? And go to that team's health and safety people where they might have a different philosophy on your injury or that coach who's less concerned about your timetable of return um, because he only needs you for this week and then you can fuck off for you know a few months before we do anything international again. So like they care less. They want to keep you in the bubble of your respective employer, essentially, right? So because that happens all the time in a sport I watch on a regular basis, that's it's smacked of that for me right away. That was my first thought um, was I think I'm not saying he doesn't have plantar fasciitis. I'm just saying like if, if the Celtics sniffed anything, they'd be like, you're not going to that. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're not, you're not doing that. So whatever. Now I could be wrong. Porzingis could be like all about playing for his country in the FIBA world cup. And this could be incredibly important to him. And like, this might all be made up, but I don't know. I, I, for me, it's, it's like a wait and see and let's see if he does make it to training camp. If he's there on day one of training camp, I think I'm vindicated in this stance. Um, and he makes it through the whole thing, et cetera, et cetera. They're not idiots. This is a multi-million dollar asset. You know, this is a multi, multi-million dollar asset that they went gone and got. And just for public relations purposes, you don't want this guy to start the season off hurt, you know, because like, as you said, it takes very, very little for Celtics nation Celtics Twitter to start wetting the fucking bed when something happens. And it's not as though I have been completely devoid of guilt in that uh, department either. But with the fact that this is a known quantity with Porzingis and, and, you know, he's had seasons where he hasn't been fully healthy and the frustrations that we have at at his position and just in general of, of players getting hurt to start seasons. Um, I just think they're being extra careful. I, I really do. I think it's a good business move above anything else. Um, and I just think, yeah, I want him like rolling in to the to the training center. Uh, what's what's the training center called? The the one you can see from uh, the um that I want to say the the, the Auerbach Center. Yeah, the Auerbach Center. You can see it when you're on the uh, on the Mass Pike coming in. And I want him rolling in there every day, getting a massage at nine a.m. E- you know, eating his greens getting his nutrition's tracked, uh, to getting CT scans and stuff, stretching, doing yoga, drinking tea, fucking getting sleep, cryotherapy, fucking like recovery, light training. I want all of that in the confines of this 
huge business that is the Boston Celtics organization, which quite frankly is a lot bigger than most international country basketball teams. Now, that's not the same thing when it comes to international countries, soccer teams, for instance, or rugby teams. I mean, you know, there's it's just a different kettle of fish. But as far as basketball right. goes, the NBA is king. So I want him at home resting, recuperating. I want him 100%. I want them to know what his fucking tear ducts are doing by the time training camp uh, comes around. And I, you know, I want all the shit tracked, his heart rate, his fucking lactic acid levels. And I want him 100%, 100% when he comes in um, on game one in October. That's, you know, and I think if that's all the case, then it's a great move. It's a great move by the organization. Yeah, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm glad that we're on the same page with this because I, when I saw the tweet, I was just like, yo, like, <laughs> I was like, why? Come on, Shams. Like, come on. Uh, come, come on, Brad. Like, don't, don't, don't do this. But then I remembered it's like people, for, and people forgot immediately the same day that that tweet was out there, he was shooting pull up threes from like 30 feet yeah. and was gunning them down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same thing. The yeah. same thing they said. Oh, once again, if you have plantar fasciitis for real, guess what? You're gonna be off your feet. He was shooting. He was shooting from 35 feet. Yeah. <laughs> down. So I was like, Come, take a deep breath. Give it time. It's it's it's, it's, it's okay. Like he's, he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be fine. Um, and once again, maybe there's some other little thing that's going on, but I don't I don't think it's that. It just it just had it had to sound serious. So that you know he doesn't get you know I guess the brunt of it from you know his country people. I do think that they really want him to play. I think he wanted to play. Oh, I'm um, sure. I'm sure. Yeah. It's just that like you know? I think it's the Celtics' call. You know. Oh, for sure, for sure. And once again, I same thing because Al, Al Horford was going to play. I think for Dominican Republic too. And it's like, look, man, you're you're 95 years old in basketball terms. Sit your ass down. <laughs> I did. You should be no, do nothing out but spending time with your family, in the pool, drinking pina coladas with your dad in the background, and just and you know watching Scar. Yeah, I don't know. Relax. Yeah. Just just relax. Just relax. Yeah. If you want to put up a couple of jump shots at the gym, cool. Not a problem. Other than that, you should not and getting the kids ready for school because new school year is coming. That's about it. There, there yeah, should be do like, else. Do like resistance band training in the morning. Maybe yeah, all, all that. Yeah. I, yeah, no way. I, I was just, yeah. So, yeah, I, like I said, I'm glad we're on the right page. I, and I, I'm, I was glad to see there was other people that actually agreed with our sentiment. Um, because like I said, you, you can't just, you know, just like with the low management stuff, like you have to actually have to say this Andrew. You can't just say, oh, they're resting. You have to say that it's for an actual thing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board with that, that having to be that. Um, once again, when you sign him into a two year, you know, $60 million extension. Um, you're obviously investing in the next three years with him. So yes, you have to make sure that whatever precautions uh, you can take, you can. And yeah, it's it's about September, late September, and it's about October 25th. Like I said, we'll get into that, you know, later on when they open up against the Knicks. So yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I don't, I can care less about this tournament. Um, honestly, I, and this this is going a step further, but it, it just it just goes against what you just said. But I just feel uh, this is just how how I personally feel. I would even care if he said no to the Olympics too. Like, fuck that. I'm sorry. I, I just, I just, I, I don't, I don't care. Like the the only goal that matters is Larry. <laughs> it's yeah. only goal that matters to me. It's Larry O'Brien, and I get it. Goldman's a dope, so I, I, I would not sit here and and and, and shit that. That's not the case. But again, like, I mean, from the from the self perspective, right? Like, who I, you you employ this guy, right? Right. You have a guy 
that's over seven feet tall, the the general consensus is his body mm-hmm. is not as likely to hold up as a guy who's six foot three, right? Well, um, that's not always true, but with him specifically because of his injury risks and you're employing this dude, I think it's fair enough to say everybody's got a finite amount of games in them. Everyone's got a number. Everyone's got a number that they hit. You know, me and my friends in college used to joke around about Kevin Garnett. Um, you know, obviously KG was still playing for us. And every time somebody took a shot after the whistle, as you I'm sure remember, KG would jump up and slap the fucking ball away. Cause it's like, you're not getting a rhythm on my court. Like, fuck you. I get, I understood it. But like towards the end, me and my friends that I lived with would had this running joke. Like, how much do you think he wants those 10,000 jumps back? You know, like how it's like, cause if you just have 10,000 more jumps, uh, instead of jumping up and slapping the ball away, it seems insignificant, but to me, if you have a finite amount of games and we're paying you to play those games, uh, we're paying you to play those games for us, right? You were paying you to play them for the Celtics. So if, if the circumstances were different, if it wasn't such a, um, if we weren't on such a knife edge with, with getting a guy in at that position that we kind of need so badly to, to be there when it gets really important, I don't mind him getting games managed in the season. I don't mind if he misses a couple of weeks here and there because his fucking calf hurts or, you know, whatever it's like, whatever, we'll just take precautions. Like it's a long regular season. I want him there for the playoffs and I, and I don't, um, and I don't want him just there for this year's playoffs. I I don't want him just there for now. I want him there for every fucking day that his contract is paying him a ludicrous sum of money to put the fucking round thing in the other round thing. So he does that for us. We fucking pay him. So no, you're too injury prone. Sorry, yep. you're not going to the yep. World Cup and you're not going to the Olympics. Like, I don't know what to tell you. You want to cause a fucking thing about it? We'll see. But if I was a Celtics, I'd be doing the same shit. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Toulousma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Toulousma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Electricast. No, facts. I mean, same thing. I think that's probably why Tatum's not playing now either. If I thought Tatum would have played. That's because I mean, if there's anyone on that team that wants to play every game and it doesn't matter where he's at. We got work to do, um, though, you know. We got work to do. Well, right. So, I know I think it's, it's it's actually, I mean, granted, we say it now, but we didn't feel that way at the game seven. But it's, it's probably good that he had the ankle injury um, at that time because he would have played this summer, right? And then we'd have been like, okay, now he comes in October or September and he's gassed. So, he's playing into August. He's, you know, he's played all year round. I actually say on that note, we have to figure something out in that regard because there's now yeah. two seasons in a row that by the time the playoffs came around, he had something that was banging him up and, and, and affecting his performance. Well, the Yankee came out of nowhere, though, I feel like. That wasn't something that was lingering. I, you know? I, I, I understand what you're saying because, like, you saw it happen because he, like, came down on the ankle and then, like, didn't yeah. exactly play right. But I do think that there's, like, probably – someone more qualified than me and like uh, in, in physical science, but I, I would mm-hmm. bet that there's an idea of like general durability um, and amount yeah. of games played. Like there's it like, you know, like when you see somebody roll 
an injury, like roll an ankle or like fuck up their knee or something and it goes in a weird direction and then they're fine. And you're like, Jesus Christ. It's like, that's because you like stretched good, bro. Like he was playing a lot of hard minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I just feel like we need to, yes, I agree with you on the front end. We need to make sure that he is recuperating, resting, not playing stupid amount of minutes. I, in it, Like same thing as with Porzingis. But I also think it's like, I think that there has to be something said for, I know they're not load management guys and I do respect it. I generally yeah. respect like what Tatum's um, stance is on it. Where like, and you know, I enjoyed those quotes. I think it was probably a couple months ago now where he's like, right. what I do, I just don't feel like fucking playing against new Orleans. Like, you know, those people paid the money to come see me play, blah, 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 blah. I think yeah. that that's a good attitude as like a superstar on the team. I, and, and the best player on the team, I think it's a good attitude in general, but I also think that it shouldn't be up to him. I think it should be up to the people who are doing our sports science. And they're like, if, if they're like, he could really use a game off and it would, it would significantly reduce his risk of injury. I think we should do it. Yeah. And I know that that goes against like the old head thing of like, Whoa, you remember when fucking Carl Malone was playing like, duh, duh, duh. and it's like, I understand, but it's not 1998 anymore. Like we understand so much more about yeah. the human body now. So let's just listen to the fucking people whose job it is, is all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. I mean, like he, he, I think he plays all 82. I don't think he's, I mean, if he doesn't play all two. It's about minutes, though. It's about minutes, and it's about what you're asking him to do in those minutes. Right. I'd I'd be okay with him going from 82 games or 80 games to, like, 71. Yeah. 71 games. And then instead of playing – I know he played – but he probably plays about 36 a night. Yeah. Um, If you could get him down to about 31 a night, um, I think that would be – you know, wouldn't do that as bringing some fucking depth on the wing, though, which I know is on your agenda. I don't want to jump ahead, but yeah. I, oh no, I'm no. That, that's that's a good segue. That's 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 next. So, um, I feel like I, I jumped ahead too, but that's fine. We, we get excited. Uh, so yeah. So it, the report came out that you know the Celtics are working out Lamar Stevens, who I feel like was drafted by Cleveland or played for Cleveland for a little bit. I don't know too much about him, but then obviously, you know, TJ Warren's a, a more proven uh, commodity. Uh, both guys could fill the wing position. Uh, I think Stevens is a little more kind of like what they just got with Jordan Wall. So I don't know if they would go that route. So um, just, are you? I mean, I don't know how much you know about both players, but I mean, we know more about TJ. Uh, well, you know, would you be cool with uh, either one of them joining the team and just filling out that last roster spot? Or, you know, would you rather hold it open for you know, like a buyout guy later on in the year? Um, I like you. I know more about TJ Warren than I do about Lamar Stevens. I do yeah. know that Lamar Stevens played in San Antonio, which always I gotcha. Okay. Um, yep. is always, 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 always a good sign to me. Um, I, I think anyone coming out of that organization, like I've been on record and I think it's hard to debate that that's the best run organization of the past 30 years. Um, yeah. just as far as like top to bottom, what they do. I think you can make the argument that that Kawhi stuff happened and that was a little weird, but that was a little bit of an anomaly. And then it turns out that Kawhi maybe doesn't like to play basketball. So I think that, um, I think that anyone coming from there is a good sign, but I like you, I I, I don't know a ton about him. I haven't seen him play a ton of basketball. Um, So I guess I'll answer your question in two parts. If it was Lamar Stevens, I'd rather keep that spot open. Um, and and yeah. see what the buyout market looks like. Uh, we so rarely take advantage of that buyout market, and I think we're in a really, really prime position to do it this year. Um, and also that would give us a little bit of leeway to see what the team is shaping up like and what we really need. I mean, I think that there's things you can identify on paper, and I think the win position is that, like, right off the bat. Because I do, I you know, we've been calling for wing depth for those guys for a while. But at the same yeah. time, 
um, what type of wing player are we looking for? You know, what, uh, what kind of minutes, like if we're trying to get Tatum down to 31 and Brown, you know, I think Brown's probably right, right around the 33, 34 minute, um, mm. mark. And I'm a little less concerned about bringing his minutes down because he's sort of proven to be more durable, knock on wood. But yeah. I think that it, we should start to look at those minutes if we're considering a Lamar Stevens. We should start to look at those minutes and start to look at more specifically what we need. And I think we could probably do better with a higher impact buyout guy. TJ Warren, I like. Um, yeah. I like his. I, I would be okay if it was him. Um, if we wanted to go that route, because I think that he has size, um, and I think he brings something different than Tatum and Brown when he gets on the floor. Um, he can score. He's not a prolific scorer, but I think if he could come in and get you nine to 11 points off the bench, I think that that's pretty possible. We yeah. saw sort of two different versions of him. I think the version of him that we saw. Yeah, yes, he did. <laughs> um, yeah. well, yeah. The, the version of him that we saw in Brooklyn is very, very different than the version we saw in Phoenix. And I think that um, while in Indiana too, and, and whilst both of those that I mentioned are, are smaller sample sizes, I I am optimistic that he's the better version that we've seen, like in reality, because of because of circumstance. So I'd be super cool with him coming in. He's the exact kind of uh, um, sort of four that I like. I think that he offers some things that are similar to Tatum. But obviously, he's not as good. Um, but also, I think that he just offers a little bit of robustness in that mm. in that wing position, um, depth, like you were saying. So I guess what where I would come to is I don't really want Lamar Stevens. I don't know much about him. I'd be happy to be proved wrong, as we always say. Um, you know, I right. want him to be good, but I, I would love to, to hold out for the buyout market, which I, I'm not sure why. Maybe it's a Brad Stevens thing, but Danny wasn't huge into the buyouts either. I'm not as like up on the contract, um, you know, luxury tax stuff as I should be probably. And I, I don't know what it means financially in those buyout situations. I know that it costs you money, um, yeah. obviously. So, you know, that might be a reason there might be sort of a, you know, it like, it's like, I could see a general manager listening to their owner in that situation where you're saying like the return on investment you usually get in the buyout market isn't worth X amount of money because this, this, and this has to happen to get them to a buyout position in the first place. Right. So usually you can find certain players that, you know, this is a little bit more rare, but certain players that have maybe become um, surplus to requirements in a different situation that would be perfect for us. Like one man's trash is another man's treasure. The problem when you're in a position like the Celtics are in, is you're filling small holes at this point. Like the, the team has sort of been built out and and the big pieces are there. Um, and like, we kind of know what we're going with here. There's versions of bench players that I would like to see improved on from previous seasons for obvious reasons. And as much as I fucking hated Grant Williams, he was wing cover. So we have to do something like about that too. So, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't mean to sound like unexcited about it. I just, I'm very chill about where the roster is right now. And I know that yeah. that's a little antithetical to the sort of general consensus of Twitter, but like that's Twitter for it, you know, or X or whatever the fuck right. it's called now. That's just the culture. Um, I'm as a, just a reasonable basketball watcher for the most part, quite chill about the whole thing. So I would, like you said, I would, I would be happy to chill and wait until the buyout market kind of comes around, especially with this midseason tournament and like what that means. And I'm not really 
sure what that's going to mean for minutes. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't love that it's happening, but that's a separate conversation entirely. Um, I, I would, I would imagine you're a, you're a TJ Warren fan. Is that, is that the case? No, for, for sure. I, I, I think obviously, you know, he turned into like prime MJ in the bubble. Like it was ridiculous. I know there's <laughs> the bubble. That's the bubble. So a lot of places. No, no, <laughs> facts, I mean, it, it was, I mean, but it it was like, like it, it was a joke how like the numbers he was putting up, like, right. Do a score. He's going like 53 in a game. And I was like, right. What the like? Whoa! Like, yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah, the, like, just, the air was different in there for sure. Yeah, I was like, wow! I was like, okay, like that. That was like, I was that's like, also that, that like was what? That's also the fucking rod I used to beat Lakers fans with. I'm like, I'll say yeah. shit like, yeah, TJ Warren looked like fucking Larry Bird in the fucking bubble. Dude, guys won a fucking championship. Yeah. Like that, that fucking all year was crazy, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm like that's. I was like maybe because you know some guys just need to block out the noise and just go out and hoop. Maybe he's one of those guys. Um, so, so I, I was like, but I was like, yeah, that, that was, that was an insane run uh, from him. But yeah, I just think from what they're looking, cause I know they just signed his former teammate, um, O'Shea Brissett over the summer as well. And to me, I feel like O'Shea Brissett's more of a backup to what Rob and Al are doing, even though he's not as big as those guys, but I feel like he plays, you know, like them. So I feel like he's going to be a third guy kind of something out there with Cornette, I feel like at times. So that, that's a little different. Um, where TJ Warren can kind of spell Brown and Tatum, uh, whether they're out, whether they're going to play less minutes, one one percent of the night. Sam Hauser factor, you know. I mean, right, exactly. If you're, exactly. If you're in the Sam Hauser camp, um, if if you're a, a Sam Hauser fan, um, mm-hmm. I you know you have to sort of ask yourself: Are we going to sign guys that are taking away minutes from him? Like, yes. can he make a leap? Are we in a position to watch him make a leap at this point? It, all signs point to like, if I'm Sam Hauser, I probably want to be somewhere where I'm playing, you know, 25 minutes a game, which I just don't see as being super realistic. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't. But I, he's not, he's not a 25 a minute a night guy yet. Anyway, not yet. No, but okay. you, you gotta give him. You gotta feed him minutes. Well, you gotta, minutes you gotta feed him minutes to get him better. You know what I mean? Like you gotta start. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Stuff. You gotta um, start gradually up in those minutes to see where he can go. I think that like I like the idea of him a lot more than I like him in practice a lot of the time. Like we really are missing like a fucking spot up jump shooter, like a guy that can just like put that ball in the net from a spot as, and like the reason I say we're missing it is because like, I I mean, it'd be a luxury like Porzingis can do it, but like, I don't want him to be wasted on just like the, as the third shooting option or the fourth shooting option all the time. Like I want him, like we've talked about this extensively, like moving in and out pick and rolls and all that shit. I want him to shoot the three too. Don't get me wrong, but a five out, like everybody just plays solo ball thing is like the the stuff of nightmares um, for me, to be honest. So I think like a guy that can, like it would be such a nice luxury to have if Sam Hauser's three point shooting percentage was at a really respectable level this year at a 15 minute mark. Um, because he's going to be unguarded a lot of the time. Because if you put him on the floor with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kristaps Porzingis, and um, I don't know, probably Derek White, Derek White playing playing point in that situation, mm-hmm. everybody's a threat to score at that point. And it, if Hauser's open, because like they're trying to slide guys onto fucking you know Porzingis because he's killing you, or Jalen Brown because he's killing you, or Jason Tatum because he's killing you, or fucking Derek White because he's killing you. 
Yeah. And Sam Hauser just has this lovely existence of every time he plays 15 minutes for the Celtics, he finds himself standing alone in a corner. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we find right. him to get him yeah. the ball yeah. because we're moving yeah. the ball better than we did at the end of last year, hopefully. Um, that's a that's a thing for me I want to see. So, I, you know, if we're going to bring a guy in at that position, yeah, CJ Warren could probably do it. But, yeah, a guy that's, like, robust, a guy that's setting screens. The guy I thought Grant Williams was for, like, five seconds would be good. Um Marcus Morris, I would be happy to have him in there. You know what I mean? Like, uh, fucking someone like well, that. Yeah, I think, I think TJ. Well, maybe not defensively, but I feel like everything else he does, essentially, what Marcus Morris, right, um, right, or, or, so, or even happy brother to, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, um, I thought I thought he fit here very well when he was there, obviously. But you know, um, yeah, we were also in an era though, and I don't want to re-enter this era where like everybody thought they were the next fucking Ray Allen for periods, where like Marcus Morris yeah, was taking three yeah. four shots and fucking that's uh, that's cool. and, and what was his name? Oh my god, I can't believe it. He just Rosario. Yeah, no, not Rosario. I didn't mind when he shot to, despite the the unglorious dis disglorious way that he went out uh, <laughs> by missing eight thousand shots. But I, uh, what, why can't I fucking remember? Is it Crowder? You know, Crowder thought he was the second. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Of, uh, of, uh, fucking, of Reggie or Ray or Steph. And I'm like, dude, please stop fucking shooting. So I just don't want that to happen again. So, like, if we right. have guys in there that are just putting up threes, I, I, I can't. But also, we, and this is not a celebration of this necessarily, but we no longer have Marcus Smart on the team. And he was the least efficient fucking shooter I've ever seen in my life. So, you know, maybe it won't look as bad if other guys are taking yeah. it. Yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean that that's that's true. I mean, once again, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it looks to have a a point guard who's looking to um be a pass first. More than, yeah, or even even like once again, Brogdon became the higher gun, but that's where Brogdon's calling card was in Indiana, even in Milwaukee. Like, well, what's he his did injury, though? It's so weird. I, I like. Yeah, I, I mean, well, what with his injury, I'm honestly, confused. Yeah, he, he's 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 not. I don't think he's here past February, and and honestly, yeah, um, I I don't think they've done enough to repair their relationship. Um, most thing they cut off, but um, I'd be I happy think, enough, honestly. Like the because I'm happy with the idea of the of the transition of focus going to the front court, and that's what I've been looking for for years. I'm happy enough to like. There's a lot of good point guards, bro. Like, there's a shitload of fucking good point guards. Like, you just have to. Be I know, but I, I, I really like his game. And once again, like, we, we <laughs> I'm not saying good. there's a ton of point guards that are as okay. good as Malcolm Brogdon. I'm saying, yeah, you can get a guy that can do a job as the second string, third string point guard, and focus that roster spot that Malcolm Brogdon's taken up on other areas. Well, the the guy that could have been a replacement um, for him. You know, we didn't get in the deal because it fell through with the Clippers. But um, Ty, Ty, Tyus Jones would have been phenomenal here, um, in my opinion. Um, once again, not as big. He's, you know, he's only you know he's around our height, but um, he scores. You know, he defends well. I, I so at that if you if you had told me when that happened that he was going to be the replacement, I'd have been like, okay, cool. I'm not going to argue. Like, let's just see what he because he's a young player. Let's just see how he how he. Uh, how how we, how the transition happens, but unfortunately, like I say it just didn't work out that way. And then you know the casualty of it all became you know um, Marcus Smart. So it is what it is. But I mean, yeah, personally, what you personally mm -hmm. for me, I don't know how realistic this is, but I would be aggressively putting a trade package together for Jose Alvarado. Whatever we can do to get that mm -hmm. would be 
I think <laughs> Frodo yeah. Celtics fucking backup point guard, just a spark plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, 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 would be, he would be a fair favorite here immediately. Yeah. Um, oh, he would be so good. I would also be yeah. happy to take back, uh, like, it, and this is very unrealistic, but like a Terry Rozier, like you had mentioned, like I, you know, perfect, perfect fucking bench guard in, in a team like this. Um, yeah. Uh, what's his name? I don't even know if he's in the fucking league anymore. Who is the guy? Uh, Avery Bradley. You know, I, I'd be happy to take an Avery Bradley. Like a guy, we did lose defensive uh, backcourt presence by losing Marcus Smart. As much as we're all kind of doing a, a, a celebration of like, you know, the thirty percent from the fucking field in a yeah. playoff game is gone. He has. He was a defensive backcourt juggernaut, right? And I, I think Derek's defense is good, and Malcolm, if he plays his defense, is is pretty good, but. I would love a fucking Jose Alvarado, man. Like that would make yeah. me so happy. Like he would just be, well, yeah, perfect. Yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully, um, I mean, his role's not going to be a, his role is not going to be a scrubber shit, but um, hopefully, Jordan Walsh can carve out a niche as as What's a defender. What's going on with Pritchard? Um, well, I mean, he just dropped sixty one with our boy It in his summer league game. That was dope. Sure, um, that was cool to see, but um. I, I, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's put up a shut up a time with him. Like, is this, this is, this is year four is with him? Right? Is he going to get, is he going to, I, mean, I, I, I would, I would think so. I feel like he, he would, he, he has to at, at, at this moment. Um, because once again, if you're going to maybe move Brogdon to the two, if you're like, if you're not looking for Brogdon to really be a guy, um, to set up the offense, he's more of a guy who's going to really be the spot up, uh, you know, 50, 40, 90 guy as he was built when he came here. Um, then yeah, let, let's see what, what Pritchard, what Pritchard can do. Um, and once again, you you can't you can't go on the on the sympathy tour that he went on last year. Um, no, it was a bad timing. I, I did not like that at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, honestly, I don't, even, I, don't, I don't even think they would they wouldn't have been the right time to do it. Um, even in the offseason, I've been pissed, and I'm like, dude, you didn't play well enough to to have this the sympathy tour and saying, hey. On the other hand, though, getting thrown in, you know, getting thrown in to fucking hit threes in a situation where the offense is just not working is like not yeah. fair to him at the same time, right? Like, sure, got, sure. but in a minute, yeah. we we're like, you know, coasting and, we, you know, it's like, let's yeah. give him a fucking chance, you know? Yeah. No, that's that's true. I mean, um, I do think he may, you know, the year before figure out how to allow him to be a spark plug without ruining his confidence completely. Um, I know there was times that he had been a lot of coaches' decisions, uh, DMPs, but. Um, I feel like he made the best of his opportunities the year the yeah, year before. I agree. Uh, on, on so um, once again, hopefully that you know, hopefully Sam Cassell. I think Sam Cassell, believe it or not, was actually in paying Pritchard shoes. Um, he was the backup to Vernon Maxwell and Kenny Smith when they won the championship in Houston. So he knows all. And obviously, Tim Smell was three time champion now, five time All Star. Um, and I'm not saying that. Payne Pritchard in terms of what Sam Cassell was because he averaged 15 and 6 for his career. Yeah. Um, and once again, I actually mean, it's like, you got, if you got, if you got something close to that, you can, you can, you can book it <laughs> that we're at least getting back to the conference finals right. and go out to, you know, if we get something and play off that from the bench, like that, that would be insane. I agree. Um, I mean, you know, no, I see what you're saying because he was, like, you know, he can advise the kid. Right. Exactly. So maybe, maybe, maybe that's where he'll, he'll pay his most, um, his most dividends is, is that, so I, I hope that that's the case. But you know, um, but you know, to answer the, to to wrap up on the original point, original question, um, yeah, like I said TJ Warren be great here once again. Um, I don't know, I, I don't know why I thought Lamar Stevens was in Cleveland. I, I thought about this guy. It was another guy named DJ Stevens. He he played in Cleveland. So, um, yeah, I'm with you. What you said, your sentiment originally was right. 
Um, if, if someone from San Antonio comes over, like usually they are top the fundamentals. They 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 know how to play their role. They're not gonna right. you know a bit bitch and moan. So uh, from that standpoint alone, I'd be like, yeah, let's 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 do it. Um, but once again, from a talent perspective, um, you know, I'm all here for you know TJ Warren being a part of the team, and once again, being a guy that can spot start for Brown or Tatum, you know, when when they are not uh, playing or like I said, they they have a injury that they need to heal uh, during 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 the regular season. So uh, before before we get into Tatum Brown a little bit further, uh, another guy I want to bring up because um, it's, it's been circling around that he he may come back. Um, are you are you here for Blake Griffin coming back? Yeah, I love Blake. I I really like his um I really like his energy on the team. I like his uh you know his willingness to play the role that he was playing for us, which is somewhat diminished due to the sort of diminishment of his. Quite frankly, some of the best athleticism I've ever seen in an NBA player in his prime. Um, yes, but you yeah. know he he's also a veteran that was at the highest highs at at points. I know he's never obtained a a championship. And I know that the Lob City experiment was uh, ended in disappointment, especially, I mean, I I was even, I was before we had a podcast, but I was very up on that Clippers team um, before they sort of uh, fizzled and faded. And I don't really think that was Blake's fault. I mean, like Chris Paul has now developed a reputation for, you know, getting injured at the worst possible time for his team's championship aspirations. Um, but I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. I'm not saying that's his fault either. It's just bad luck. You know, I think that in another dimension, that Clippers team has at least one championship and it was an exciting one to watch. Turns out yeah. that LeBron's heat team <laughs> ended up being like the high flying circus act that went and won a, a championship that's, uh, that, that, that Clippers were team were so trying to elusively seek out. But I really liked Blake Griffin's game. Like he was like fucking NBA jam player when he first got into the league. Um, I, he's, he's from a fun era of basketball that we maybe have moved past a little bit, but I, and I think I respect the shit out of the fact that he adjusted his game to stay in the league. Um, after that athleticism went with, with those injuries. Um, mm-hmm. and he seems like a good dude. Everything that, it, everything that comes out of his mouth is like, so like, oh man, I love it in Boston. Everybody, those guys are great. You know, the atmosphere is great. It's, He's a veteran. He understands what the state of media he knows. Like he's not an idiot. Um, and I also just yep. think he'd be a great presence because you know you don't you don't want to limit your your view to what you see on the court. There's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes, as we know. Any documentary you've ever watched about a championship team, or like think about the Last Dance, the things that were happening in those locker rooms and the things that were happening between the players. All this, it's hard to win a championship. All this stuff is really, really small. Um, degrees of of change to to make everything work and i think having a guy like that around the kids um even sitting on the backups bus he didn't even mind to see it seemed like seemed to mind doing that and he's probably telling them cool fucking stories from the nba and he's probably the fucking main man with all those guys you know and and just the leadership behind the scenes um i i really yeah. enjoy and and i didn't mind him when he played to be 100% honest with you, I, I I don't want him thrown out in a playoff situation. Probably at this point, uh, I think we're yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he, he, he doesn't even play. But I mean, if and, he's if he's our Brian Scalabrini, like if he's in a fucking suit on Game Seven of the fucking Finals, yeah. and and he's celebrating a championship with us, I'm I'm dedicating 10 minutes to our fucking championship celebration show to be like Blake Griffin got one, motherfucker. Like I'm for hundred percent for it. So listen, DeAndre Jordan got one. In Denver this year, right? So if, if right. all those guys one, deserve one, even if it's like you know, yeah. 
not even if they're not the stars of the show. I think that uh, I think Blake Blake playing the Sam Cassell role, you know, like Blake playing by the time the fucking playoffs come around, like that's that's a dream. So yeah, I'm happy to happy to take him back. Yeah, totally here. And once again, we remember Sam Sam Cassell that year when he came over, um, hit a very big shot in San Antonio when we never beat San Antonio at that time. San Antonio was somewhere that it was that was an automatic loss. No matter who was around, who played, like we just could never win in San Antonio. And he hit that big three to put them up, and then they won that game, and they went on a run uh, shortly thereafter. So, yeah, I, I, I never forget that particular moment. Obviously, we know what P.J. Brown did later on. Downtown uh, P.J. Brown. Well, um, so, yeah, like that, that's where that, and to me, that's where Blake Griffin was for at part of last year. Like he was the PJ Brown for the team, um, you know, just with a little bit of a better jump shot. So, um, I, 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 I would love for him to come back. Like I said, he, I saw his the show, the, what's the show that Mark D'Amico does? Um, News for the Raptors, and they talked about it, that, 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 the, the Bus One Boys is what they call them. And, um, yeah, it, it was great to see the chemistry between him, Cornette, Payne Pressure, um, you know, so on and so forth. So, yeah, like he, it's like it's like it's not either. It's not fake love because like I said, every every like literally every home game, like if they were up big or like even if they were like down, unfortunately, crowd was the, the crowd that was left there was still like, yo, like we want Blake. We want right. Blake. So that that was that was literally every game. So it wasn't something where it came out of nowhere, but like um fan, fans were really, really wanting to see him play. Um he he definitely displayed more hustle than I envisioned. Um, do with divers to the floor, loose balls, um, you know, getting steals, timely, timely charges. So yeah, like 10 to 10 to 12 minutes a night, I think will be suffice, especially with, you know, Al being up there and obviously we know where it is with Rob and even sometimes with Porzingis. So yeah, like, I, I, I would love for him to come back. I think that he obviously in, in, in enjoyed it here. So, um, you know, I, I want to make sure that we keep good vibes to keep the good chemistry, uh, as, as much as possible, but you know, speak, speaking of chemistry, uh, there's a picture that's floating on the social media, uh, on 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 Twitter. Like I said we'll never call it X. You know, Mama call on Twitter. I'm gonna I'm gonna call on Twitter. Uh, Tatum and Brown looks like they're working out together in the summer. Really seems like for the first time, really ever in in their in their career together. So uh, I'm gonna do the Twitter. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the Twitter overreaction, and uh, I'm, I'm into this. Are, are you into this? Are, are you into this? So I'm hanging out, hanging out, and actually working out. Uh, over the summer, does, does this show anything different for you uh, in, in your mind as a Celtics fan? I mean, I don't want to be like the grumpy old man about this, but I'm like 100, I'm like 175 in sports years at this point, and like I'm very wary of like the the propaganda machine that like is the summer workout photo. Um, yeah. I think like <laughs> you know, Jason Tatum was also. Also, at one point, came off a summer of working out with Kobe Bryant, had like the worst fucking year of his life. So it's just like I don't know. Um, I I want Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to achieve the highest possible ceiling that they have, both as individual players and as a tandem. And I think the highest possible ceiling that they could have as a tandem has much, much more to do with their off-the-court relationship, their ability to play together and play unselfishly around each other than it does with their physical talents. So if I'm taking any sort of um, upside or, or happiness with the idea that they were working out together, 
it's that they don't mind being around each other. And anytime you spend more time with a teammate, you can develop a connection. And if they're even thinking of one, two, or like one or two little fucking Texas two-step moves to bring out in a fucking game together in the gym, that's great. But more than that, I want them to just be on the same page mentally. Because what has been true about this Celtics team, I'd say for the past three years, or probably coming into the third year, is that they are capable physically, talent-wise, skill-wise, um, roster-wise of winning a championship. What we need to do now is figure out the smaller nuances that go into getting past a very mentally strong Miami Heat team or um, figuring out where to go if our offense starts to stall. Or, you know, like this is the stuff that you need to be elite at to go and win a championship. And if you look at any championship in the NBA ever, the exception of maybe maybe the Golden State Warriors just going fucking ballistic against everybody and like being impossible to beat. You need to overcome adversity. It, it's a thing that, that it's a thing that makes you great. You know, it sounds like a cliche, but it, I think it's true. Like teams going in hot into the playoffs is, is great, but that like lower seated team that has to fight the, the, the guy coming back from an injury, the bouncing back from a bad game, the, like the, the stuff that, that really matters when you're at the top, the top, top, top 1% of these leagues, it can only help. It can only help if you're having a nice time with, with the other best player on the team in the gym. Um, that being said, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how, what, what to read into it because I thought that them as a tandem, like playing together, that best I've ever seen it, I think was last season. Um, that's not to necessarily say that like they had their best seasons or post seasons, more accurately, but like how they played off each other, I think has always gotten better every year. And I think that it's not necessarily the easiest two players to put together and see play perfectly. Like you can put a seven foot tall center and a six foot three guard together and be like, just run the fucking pick and roll. You guys are going to have great chemistry, but like two guys that play essentially the same position with a lot of the same qualities, you need to figure out situational um, um, awareness and, and situational, uh, sort of, um, hierarchies. And I think that the speculation, the media speculation has always been far more than the actual players with those two guys, like with the way people talk about them and the way they think about them has always been very different. So I don't know why that would change just because it's positive. Do you know what I mean? So for me, it's like, great. I'm glad you're playing basketball. Let's just see what happens. I just don't overreact to it. I don't mean to yeah. sound like a fuddy-duddy, but yeah. I just, I've seen a lot of off-season photos. I, I've seen a lot of, of, oh man, fucking Baker Mayfield looked great in practice today, man. His arm was electric and it's just like, yeah, well, let's see it. You know what I mean? Like, let's fucking see. That's just my only kind of initial attitude about it. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm overreacting. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um, They're Shaq and Kobe now. Let's get it. This is the thing. Who do we usually see Tatum work out with? Joel Embiid, right? We see him work out with Joel Embiid and uh, Drew Heron, who's their, uh, you know, who's their, usually their workout coach. And it's like, why do you have a chemistry with Embiid? You're not playing with this guy. Fuck Joel Embiid. Once again, now, if that's I you, did like, I did like the one on one videos where Jason would get the best. Of oh, yeah, no, they, they were dope to watch, but it's just like, if you're. If you're not playing the seed for him to request a trade to us, like I don't care. Like <laughs> to be honest, um, where like I'd give like every need, I give my niece and nephew for Joel Embiid. Honestly, um, like I think that would be that would be a phenomenal move. But anyways, uh, but 
hey, BJ and Brianna, I love you. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like, yo, like that, that to me, I just, I just feel like to me, if I, if I want to psychoanalyze it, cause that's what I'm going to do. Cause I'm going to overreact and I can't cut our show. Um, I took that as they're like, look, if there's ever a time that we now need to be on the same page, like yeah. way before oh, yeah, cancer, sure. yeah. now, like not, not September 27th, not October 25th, not February 3rd. We need to be in tune in sync in motion right now. So that by the time we get to training camp, we're finishing each other's tennises. Yeah. Like that's where it needs to be. So nothing. Yeah, uh, that, nice. yeah, got, so, it. yeah like, <laughs> you know, so that gotta be gotta gotta finish that. So that that's where I'm at with that. And I just think that, you know, I ironically, to me, the best they've ever played, and I know statistically obviously it was this year, but I remember the first series they had. Well, was it the first series? Yeah. When they when they had when they played against Milwaukee in 2018. The game that game four, I mean they ended up losing that game, but the game four where after they both top hit 30. I was like, oh, like this is how it should look going forward because it wasn't your turn, my turn. That was before all that all that nonsense happened. It was just like, oh, you're hot, go cook. Oh, you're hot, go cook. I'm not even gonna get in the way. And I'm just like, yes, that's that's what's needed. Don't don't just say your turn, my turn. Just like, yo, if that guy is going off and you know that if that guy that's guarding him can't stay in front of him, feed him more. And I'm just like. I don't know why that didn't stay. Um, I get it because other people started coming back the next year. We know what happened, so I don't want to get into that. But I just feel like if they just say, look, we're just going to dominate the matchup every time. That's what it is. It's not necessarily about saying you're my turn. Because where was in front of you? No, they can't guard you, bro. Go to work. Go to work. Like It's it's, it's, it's okay. And just just try to just do your best to make the right play over and over and over again. So – um, once again, my only overreaction is that, like I said, I just feel like they feel like the sense of urgency is there. Um, I think I don't think they loved the Marcus Smart guard trade, trade it, but I do think there's maybe a five or ten percent uh, part part of them that's like he's 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 out of here. Yeah. And now 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 it's on us. There there is no there is no man. We you know we wait till next year or we'll get better. It's like, nah, yeah, yeah, we, we gotta, we gotta figure it out now. I can accept that. Like um, it, it it might indicate that they're accepting the responsibility for our season, which they need to, because it's, it's on them. (laughs) Like it's, it is, it is. I'm saying set, set the tone. So that's where it needs to be. And, you know, listen, win, win the day, win the day, and just be one percent better. Yeah. And their one percent better is better than a lot of people. So if they're just one percent better, yeah, lock in. That's, yeah, lock in. One dribble at a time, one step at a time, one shot at a time. It's it's, it's... <laughs> literally one dribble. Literally, yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> please, literally one dribble. <laughs> please, please, Jalen, please, just literally one dribble at a time. Like, don't, don't, uh, don't overthink. Don't, don't just too much in, in that regard, anyway. So I, I, I just, I don't want to have another aneurysm come come January. So. Uh, you know, please. So now time is finally here. Like I said, we told you at the beginning, we we're going to talk about the release. <clears throat> uh, so the schedule for the NBA came out last week for the Celtics. So, uh, so the first question to ask is just what, what games are you looking forward to? Um, yeah, so I'll start you know, What games are you looking forward to this season? Uh, I got the Christmas day game circled. Um, I think the Celtics and the Lakers should play Christmas day every year. Um, well, I, I think the last time we played Christmas day, I want to say it was either the Sixers or the Bucks. 
Um, but I like, I like playing the Lakers. I like that it's here. I'm going to try to go. It's at like two o'clock. So I can still probably make it for dinner. If my mom pushes it back slightly. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah. I would like to, uh, hopefully it doesn't piss too many people off, but I would like to go Christmas day to see the Celtics play. That would be super dope. Um, the fucking commute would be great too. Christmas day in LA is the greatest day in the world because there's no one on the road. So you can get everywhere in fucking 20 minutes. So get into the staples which i'm not gonna stop calling it that i don't care right um the uh get to the staples center which is an arena i actually have on record as loving um i would love to go see that um for me though it is difficult to look past philadelphia game one i think that you can set a huge tone with the first game of the season when you have the luxury of playing one of your direct rivals now Mm. all the we are their daddy aside um because like the fact that like how that Celtics team was was constituted last year got past them, I'll never fucking understand. But uh, like that was like a fucking pure anomaly. Like they should have beat us. Um, I think that it's going to show a shitload that first game uh, of what everyone's been thinking about, what kind of basketball we're going to play, and if we've this is the biggest thing if we've learned from the mistakes of last year's postseason. Most importantly, the switch everything philosophy that got us cooked um repeatedly when when harden was switching on to horford i don't know what that philadelphia team's going to look like with all the Harden drama right now but i would imagine that they're going to try to do that at least with somebody else if it's not him if if they're able to um it was infuriating to watch uh over and over and over again in the playoffs last year and i think that i hate to say it marcus smart was a big part of why we did it um yeah his ability at least in his head, to cover or directly guard any player on the floor, including Joel Embiid in the post, uh, was insane. And I don't like it, and I don't want to see it anymore. And I don't want Al Horford switched onto the deep perimeter, borderline fucking half court by a guy who's 8 million times faster than him because he's not 7 fucking feet tall or 6'10". So I think that the... I think that that will show a lot. The big red circle I have around our our first game is going to be really, really informative of what kind of work we've done in the offseason, especially the coaching staff. Um, I, I'm not asking them to be perfect game one. I'm not asking them to look exactly like they're supposed to look um, by, you know, the, the by Christmas, for example. But I, I really do want to see if Joe Mazzulla was in the fucking office. In the, over the last few months and over the next couple of months, um, drawing X's and O's, watching tape and figuring shit out. Because I swear to God, if it looks the same or, or we're playing some sort of fucking five out basketball, I'm gonna be calling it for his head from day one. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, the, I'm gonna be like, just, just promote Sam. Like that, it, like that's a worst case scenario because, like, if that's the case, then we're not doing well. But right. I kind of want that to happen. So, but I'm never gonna wish, like, I'm never gonna wish bad games on the team so that that happens. But I just think that Sam Cassell, like, of anybody there should be, you know, if you're looking at everybody on the coaching staff, I think yeah. Sam Cassell should be the head coach, but whatever. Um, I, I'm going to be so fucking mad if we're watching that same shit game one. So that to me is probably the biggest one. They have some tough, tough stretches right around Christmas. They have a West coast uh, uh, tour that, that they're going to need to, to kind of get through. We have not done well on those um, over the last few seasons and we need to get better at playing away in general. Um, we play the Knicks twice in the first two weeks. I think that will be telling. I think, uh, you know, it's it's not incredibly important, but I do want to see us play the teams that beat us that shouldn't have last year. Like, 
we kept fucking losing at Cleveland. And I don't think that we would have in a playoff series or anything like that, but we seem to keep losing regular season games to Cleveland. Um, I want to see that stopped. I want to be able to beat them. I don't want to see teams have our number again like that in, in that way. Yeah. Miami, um, we, we need to go out and make a statement against them early because they just have our fucking number in the playoffs. Uh, you know, they're, they're up on us in the 2-1, I think, at this point over the since, since we started this podcast, right? So I think we need to right that wrong. We need to go in with a better mentality against that team and a, a better coaching performances, better individual player performances overall. Um, so I have, I definitely have that those games circled, and I know we play those guys a few times. I think this in season tournament in November, like I think, is kind of dumb, but I bet we win it. <laughs> like I bet we win the fucking thing because I think we're going to be cooking by that point. I think we have the potential to have the best record in the NBA going into that November tournament. Um, and I'd like to, I'm really interested, uh, you know, if we're talking specifically the schedule, I'm, I got November 10th, that Friday against Brooklyn, um, the group game against Brooklyn circled because I want to see just what the fuck this tournament looks like. I want to see how seriously the players are taking it because that's going to determine how seriously I take it, to be quite honest with you. If they're playing like it's an all-star game, um, I don't care. If they're playing like it's a, a regular season game, maybe I'm interested. If they're playing like it's a fucking playoff game or a tournament, I'm very interested. I guess I, I'll get on, I'll get on board. But my, I imagine it's going to be somewhere in the middle. They're probably just going to treat them like regular season games. They're going to, they're going to, uh, the rotations are probably not going to shorten up much. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Like I just, I don't think it's. I think there's a lot of pageantry around it that won't necessarily translate to the players actually caring more um, about those games than they would uh, a regular season game. Um. Are they extra games, Ray? Like, or or is it? Do they still? I don't, I don't know. I'm not. I don't know if it's extra games. And I know because when we did a show with Mike, Mike could kind of broke it down. Um, they've tried to explain it five, six times, and once again, when we have to explain something that many times, that means no one fucking knows what's going on. Yeah, we just got to um, see it, I guess. Yeah, just, just yeah, just gotta see how it unfolds. Personally, what I what I what I would want to do, I would love to have a tournament of the worst teams at the end of the year, um, like going into the summer. Yeah, that would be a lot um, of fun because you see players to replace to replace to, to replace the lottery, and whoever yeah, won yeah. the tournament would get the number one pick. That'd be sick. Um, and then you know, obviously, whoever finished second or third, like that, would, that would be your order. You yeah, know, to do it like that. Um, and I think that would be game. You like throw a knife in there. It's like, all right, fight for it. Number one pick. I wonder. Right. I, wonder exactly. I wonder what the I wonder what the politics of that would be though, because it's like, how much do the players? Like there's certain situations, certain basketball situations where I'm not sure the player would give a fuck if that organization gets the number. Well, no, I mean obviously there would have to be money involved around it too. So it's like yeah, there would be some more incentive, right? Yeah, you get you get like a um, it's like you get the number team gets the number one pick, everyone gets like a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar bonus, something like that. Yeah, uh, or which again, that wouldn't mean much to the first or second guy paid on the team, but to a guy that totally. Um, so okay, for instance, say say the Celtics were in that position where they were in the top, the bottom eight, right? Think about someone like Jordan Walsh or even Jordan J.D. Davis and Jordan, guys are two way players. Seven hundred fifty thousand to them when they are barely making two hundred thousand, they they would be like, "Yo, like let's 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 get it." So, um, yeah, exactly. So I, I think that that's where it, it would be cool in, in, in that regard. But um, like I said, I guess we just kind of we got we have to see how how it unfolds and hopefully. Um, yeah, so when they do something like this, like it's going to be here to stay. It's just a matter of um, how it's received by by the by the fans o- overall. But um, you know, as for me, <clears throat> right away, I'm looking at the Heat game, um, October 27th. Um, I, I I think I don't I think that is here. 
Um, let me see. I'll see right now. It is no, it's here, guys. It is, it is here. Uh, it's a Friday night. Um, I hope that we beat the brakes off them. Um, like I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like I, whether it's the Heat, the Bucks, like I, I mean, we actually we handled the Bucks pretty well, actually, pretty well in the regular season last year, but. Wow, the Bucks um, seem weirdly flawed to me these days since they won the championship. Yeah, I'm. I mean, it's well, the flaw is that it's really their age. They got old really fast. Yeah. Um, you know, and I get it. They had to they should, they should have revamped it a little bit in the mid roster after that championship. It's 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 it's, it's, it's hard though well, because you can't take championship winning guys out. Like I know I get it. But yeah, no, no, not not even not even that. It's, it's, I'm talking from a money standpoint, like. They gave Drew Holiday a max deal literally as soon as he. I mean, I get why. Him. I do get why yeah. for the the role. Maybe not the role comparatively to other max players in the league, but the role he was playing on that team. Like, amazing. yeah, it was like, you, yeah, you had you had you had to pay him, and also he, he was phenomenal in that in that twenty one uh, full season. So I love Drew. Um, Holiday. Again, yeah, <laughs> no, it's great. It's great. Um, I actually, I, I I was actually okay with them trading Marcus Smart for him at the time. Sure. Um, I people looked at me like I was out of my mind, but I I'm mean, like that mid range game know. brings like Jalen Brown's the only other guy that really does it, so I don't, I wouldn't mind. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I, I would have been like that. That would have been cool, but yeah, that game just like you, I'm, I'm here for the Lakers. Um, I'm actually I'm glad that it's in LA where you are. I did not want to work Christmas. I worked Christmas last year. Uh, it was great because we smacked the Bucks by twenty. That was cool. Yeah. Um, but I hated it was the Bucks we played last Christmas day. Yeah, yeah. I, I hated I hated sitting there eating food, and then it's like okay, at three o'clock I had to put on my yeah uniform. Yeah, that's that, that was that was trash. Um, so I am I am more than happy that it is out there at you know at at, at Staples. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm I'm here for it. So, um, you got that. Um, I'm excited to see. Like to me, they they've been fine on the road. I know you mentioned you, you said that they had some struggling on the road, but to me, they've been struggling more at home lately. Last I just years, West Coast trips, you know, like yeah. I just mean like the extended. Road. Yeah, that's always going to be hard though. Like I when, know, but, but like I know that they are, but at the same time, like what, the way this this team is currently put together, like you asked a question on your on your agenda, um, mm -hmm. do you care about seating? It's like I do. I, I want them yeah. to be the number one fucking team in the NBA. I want them to have full fucking home court throughout the entire playoffs. I want them to be a fucking behemoth. I want them to be scary. I want their right. I want their reputation to precede them so that the teams that they're playing are scared to fucking play them, you know? And when they start to look like they're gonna get they're gonna lose to the Celtics team, they accept it faster because they go, Well, that's the number one seed. I mean, these guys are really right. fucking good. Like I want us to, like you said, beat the breakout breaks off Miami, off Philadelphia, off Milwaukee, off Los Angeles, yeah. off. I want us to go fucking beat Denver twice. I want us yeah. to. I want us to. Um, I want us to to to. I want our record, our seed, and our and our important game uh, wins and losses to reflect that we're the most talented team in basketball. And I want yeah. that to go into the playoffs because I don't want anyone to fucking think that they could get at us. You know, so yeah, I don't, I don't think they've won sixty games in this era, in this in this recent era. I know they've come close a few times, but they had fifty eight, they had fifty seven. I want sixty two oh. wins this year. That's what I want. Yeah, I mean, they they was I think the last time they won sixty, maybe was oh nine, um, six oh eight, right? Yeah, six is oh eight. Um, but to me, the team after that was actually better. Um, that's because they'd already won. That team had won 18 straight. Yeah. Um, and then unfortunately, you know, obviously KG got hurt, but they had, um, you know, and they lost to, to the Lakers on Christmas Day. Um, and they were like they were 27 and two at the time. Like it was, it was insane. Yeah. Uh, like they, they, they were just they were, that. That's 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 what. We're, so that's what we're looking for. So our fans were like, yeah, like mean? that. 
for those well, guys. Look at the thing. that that O nine team. You knew when they after they won the championship, the confidence was sky high, and it was like, look, there is nobody in the NBA consistently that can fuck with us. Yeah, and I want that. What I want has to be their attitude. You know, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. we have confidence you know, players. I mean, yeah, but yeah. I want them yeah. to be like. Yeah, we're gonna go get that heat game. Yeah, we're gonna go get that West Coast trip road trip. Yeah, we're gonna win that fucking in season tournament too. We're gonna win fucking everything. Yeah, we're gonna be the best players on the All Star Day. Yeah, we're only gonna hang out with each other in the All Star locker room. <laughs> like I, I want all of that. I want all of that. Right. Like you were right. saying yeah. about about the workout in the in the off season. It's like I I I agree with you. I I chalk it up to the modern NBA and the, like the kind of players that we have now and the, the way that yeah. it, it is. You're I don't know if you're ever gonna see a kind of a togetherness that we achieved with. Uh, Ray, Paul, um, Rajan, and, and Kevin, but um, and Doc, but I I think that I I, I would we should strive for it. You know, I I yeah. want I want everyone to fucking hate us. Like that's the way I like it. <laughs> you know, like I want everyone to think we're fucking assholes. I want everyone to I want I want the the spirit of of the internet discourse about us to be. Sp- filled with venom because that's how I know we're pissing other fan bases off. If they're laughing at you, they're like, we can get at these motherfuckers. They fucked up against the heat last year. Da, da, da. I want them to be pissed. I want them to hate us. Fuck the Celtics, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's how it was with that team down room one. Yeah. <laughs> For a number of years. Oh yeah. That's they, what, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. It was like, Oh my God. You know, just, it was always, I want the hate. I want it. I want all this. Problem. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, that that's, that's the best position to, to, to be in, obviously. Um, you know, you, you got fan bases still saying, now, I can't believe you guys are celebrating a championship that's 15 years. No one knows that championship like the 08 uh, Celtics. And I'm like, uh, if you watch it, for those that follow Rip Hamilton, who was one of my favorite players of all time, but he talks about that best five alive yeah. in 04. And that, that happened longer, longer. That happened almost 20 years ago now. So yeah. um, I want people to understand it is hard to win. Super hard. In your championship. And I, and I and I get I get that, you know, you're mad that Pierce has beat Iverson. You're mad that Pierce is beating Reggie Miller in the playoffs. You're mad that Pierce is being uh you know Kobe Bryant in the playoffs. You're mad that he's being LeBron James. I get it. I understand that you're upset that he beat that, but that's what fucking happened in 08. <laughs> they ran they ran through the gauntlet and their hardest series, if we're being honest, was against Atlanta Hawks. And so that, that says a lot. Yeah. So it's just 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 being honest. Like, um, hey, it it, it 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 is what it is. So um, it is hard to get there. It's hard to win it. Uh, once again, they should have won twice, but like I said, obviously between injuries and you know other guys stepping up for LA, you know, it it, it changed it changed that narrative. But um, and that's what it would get me mad because you're you're looking at that era a lot differently if they won two out of three. You just are. And hell, it could, they they could have faced LA three years straight, really. Yeah. Uh, should have. You know, and they should have. Um, but you know, it's just they, that that's just that's just not how it. Uh, there, there was too much good energy up here at that time, though. Like, you know, the, the, the Patriots took it all. <laughs> Could couldn't have it all. You know, Red Sox is Red Sox is stuck in there for a little bit. And they got something. They was like, yeah. Sports gods was like, look, man. You know how many fucking rings you want in a decade? I'm like, bitch, I want them all. <laughs> I want them all, baby. You don't understand. We were a little brother for years. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't understand that. But you know, that that's another another topic for an, another day. But um, you know, to, to stay on this topic, you know, I, I mentioned about them not being great at, at at home. So um, you know, do you think they finally write the ship and, and and play better home and protect home court better? Cause it, it really pissed me off to be there in certain games against the Knicks. 
uh, that Cavs game that we talked about on the air last year, the Bulls game from a couple of years ago where they blew a 28-point lead. Like, this used to be a place that people came into, and once that building got loud, people, teams were full like a, like a cheap tent. So um, do you think we finally get back to that, to that aura, to that, you know, that statue, uh, statue excuse me, uh, the, this, this season? I mean, I hope so. I, I don't know if I've seen anything to indicate that we will, other than the fact that we have Christos Porzingis now, and we might just be ahead 40, and it's harder to pull a 40-point lead than a 30-point lead. Um, I I just I, – I want to see, in regards to, yeah, the home the home court performances, sure, but also I just – I generally want to see that stuff out of the team, like the, just the, the blown leads, the, the – yeah. The isolation basketball that leads to nothing. The the um, trick or treat defense. Uh, sometimes we play it, sometimes we don't. I think it's very possible because I think we've had a leadership shakeup in Boston, um, and I think that that could potentially result in a different mentality when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I want to see not just at home though. But yeah, I do see your. I take your point. But I want to see a step on the neck mentality wherever. You know, and and especially at home, like don't you like? I want, I I know it's a cliche, but I want that. Like, don't come into our fucking house and try to do no. that shit. I want, I want them to be putting teams in positions where we're up twenty five and there's a handshake, and if they decide to try to come back, we really fuck them up. Like that's what I want to happen at home. Away, I just want to win the games. At home, it's like, listen, we're up twenty. It's the third quarter. Nobody has to get hurt. Nobody has to twist an ankle. Let's right. just get this game out. Thanks for coming. I hope you enjoy the the fucking the concession stands. Uh, have a nice walk around Yaki Way, around the corner. You know, enjoy the sights. Go to the top of the Prudential Building. Have a nice yep. dinner on the north Order. end. I Order. hope you enjoyed yep. your fucking visit to Boston. Um, right. If you yeah. don't want to do that, if you want to try to come back with this twenty point lead, if you're if you want to set a hard screen or you want to fucking uh, dunk the basketball aggressively or whatever. Cool. Well, let us lace up our fucking shoes then. Like, no problem. You're now losing by 50. Like, have a nice rest of your fucking night. You don't get to go to the Prudential Center. You're ordering Domino's. Like, there's, it's just, it's not, it's like, I want that to be the attitude in a perfect yeah. world. So, yeah. So, for example, and I hope Sam Cassell brings up the story. I don't know if yeah. he was on the team all this time, but um, I remember the year that they won the championship in 08. Um, the Houston Rockets had been on a insane winning streak. Um, they had won 22 in a row. And they, Yao and Team Mac were just doing what they should have done when healthy, which is, you know, run through everybody. Because they, they, were, they were that talented. People forget, but it's like, you know, revisions issue, but they, they were really good. And, you know, it was part of the Texas Triangle. You know, we had beat Dallas, you know, with Sam Oh, yeah, he was on the team. Just hit that base shot against, uh, I guess San Antonio and Houston was the end of that road trip. And everyone was like, man, you know, this is a real test. Like, can they, can they complete the Texas triangle? And they beat them by 20, I think, by, at least I think I want to say 22, but it might be more than that, but you know, I know it was at least 20 points. And I, I always, I'll never forget that, that pick and roll with KG and, and Paul. Yeah. And he, he threw it to KG and KG dumped it down the middle. You had Kevin Harlan saying right between the eyes, Kevin Gardner. Like, so that, and now it was just like, and to hear to hear the the pain in T Mag's voice after the game saying, like, <laughs> like what y'all what want to do? Like we won twenty two. Like he 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 did not sound like someone that just won twenty two or last twenty three. Right. He sounded like dejected. 
Like, I, remember, like, I remember like we so clearly on the spot. There's still a highlight if you go and look at Kevin Garnett. If you like YouTube Kevin Garnett like trash talking highlights, there's still a highlight from that game where you're just listening to the regular broadcast on like TNT or wherever it is, and there's a kind of a scramble underneath the basket. And I think it was might have been Tracy McGrady like put up kind of a weak layup, and Kevin Garnett smacks it, and on the broadcast like nobody's mic'd up or anything. You just hear him go, "Get that shit out of here." And you're just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, okay. And, like, you can actually see the Rockets team be like, oh, fuck, okay, dude. Fuck, man. And it's like, yeah, yeah. obviously, like, Kevin Garnett was, like, a, a Hall of Fame trash talker. But, like, in those moments, yeah. you know, those are the moments that you, like, if you're Sam Cassell, you're looking back on him and be like, these are the moments that define us as a team. And I think that I agree with you. I'm not putting too much on him to expect him, I think, to bring – a guy who knows how to win championships um, to, yeah. to, the, to this thing. And and those situations, we got to complete the Texas Triangle. Like, let's go on this West Coast road trip and do good. Let's make sure that these guys coming yeah. into our house get beat. Let's go down and fucking make sure that every human being in Philadelphia knows that they are Boston's little fucking brother. Like, all this stuff adds up yeah. to a successful regular season, more so than, like, the amount of wins and losses. It's the quality of wins and losses, right. I think. And I think yeah. we're on the same page there. But, um, yeah. yeah, I want 62 wins, and I want 62 great you know, six gotcha. solid wins. Yeah. There's even so one one last point on the um coaches out before I mean use major predictions. So I'll, I'll make mine for his wins and then we, we can we can close out. But I it cannot be overstated, whatever however you want to say, like it, it cannot be it cannot be mentioned enough that there was not a coach on the staff last year that had championship experience. Or really as a player. And, and, and you know what I'm saying, but as a player or a coach, right? Never happened. So when 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 I rem, when I removed the veil of anger, <laughs> and I look back at that, there was nobody in that room that could say, "Hey, I've I've, I've been there. I've done it. I've been to the mountaintop. I've seen X, Y, Z. Like, to follow, like, follow, listen to what I'm saying to you. Because if you do, if you do X, Y, and Z, you know, we're gonna at least be in the finals." Um, once again, it's never a guarantee to win, but you're at least going to be in the final. So I, I, I just, I just, it's, I can't say that enough that getting Cassell, getting, uh, you know, uh, Charles Lee, um, who I think, like I said, is going to help Rob and, and Al and, uh, the rest of the big men, you know, tremendously. Um, I just think that that can't be mentioned enough that not having guys around Joe and even the guys that were around him. You know the Hardys and 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 you know David Stoudemire they left, so it's like whatever brain trust that was there that was helping him make decisions behind the scenes, um, you know they were gone by March, <laughs> so that that matters. <laughs> um, yes, it falls on him eventually because you're the head coach, but it's like you know you're only as good as the people behind you, and um, I, I'm hoping that that gets rectified and we see um a a a, a major difference because once again I think that they're there was moments that that shine through, um, but it just wasn't consistent enough. So you know that that would be you know my final point on that. But far but far as an early prediction, um, I'll go two wins uh, lower than what you say. Um, I'm okay with sixteen and twenty-two. Um, I just want healthy basketball. I want good team basketball. Um, I want a better home record. Once again, I trust them on the road. Um, we've seen in the playoffs the last few years. Whenever they need to get one on the road. They could do it. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's Tatum. Doesn't matter if it's Brown. Like it doesn't matter who it is. It's going to step up. Someone's going to get one on the road for them to bring it back to Boston. I I don't I don't fear that anymore. So 
Um, I fear them being at home <laughs> and, 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 and just, you know, resting on, oh, it's the CD Garden, so we're good. The only game I feel like that wasn't the case was game seven two years ago against the Bucks, and then game seven uh, this, this past season against uh, Philadelphia, which, once again, to be there for both, um, you know, the atmosphere was crazy. And once again, there, there's no, as I've been down to, I, I went to the playoffs where LeBron was down there in Miami and that crowd was, that crowd was great for the playoffs, for the playoffs. They're not great at regular season, but in the postseason, they were great. American, or I don't know, FCS Arena, whatever it's called now, uh, but I know it as American Airlines. American Airlines Arena doesn't, doesn't come close to what TD Garden is when that, like when it's, when it's the Celtics are rocking. So, um, I, to me, <laughs> I don't know. Call me crazy. I don't want that all the fucking time. So just do what you can <laughs> to, to to make to ensure that we uh, see good winning basketball. Because once again, you're capable. Now we just got to get the mental to match the physical, um, you know, and 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 the skill set as a whole. So um, you know, this this is it should be an exciting season. I'm excited. I know you're excited. Uh, uh, Bobby and Mike that's not with us, and uh, Craig, you know, we're all excited to see what the Celtics do. Um, I said number one thing, we just we just want health and we want a good I guess he's any any last any last statements before we, we wrap up. Uh you know I've talked a lot of shit about Stan Van Gundy. I don't really like him as an announcer, but his wife did just passed away. So um I can oh, the right. Van Gundy's. Um I think it was mm-hmm. unexpected, so that bummed me out. Yeah. Um but you know, overall I'm just I'm excited for I, I would imagine this is with the NFL season coming up. I would imagine this is one of the last times we're going to talk about basketball until probably October, probably um, unless something crazy happens or, you know, a big trades announced or something along those lines. But I am looking forward to getting into the meat of the, of the year and getting into the meat of the season. Um, And I'm really looking forward to watching the Celtics play basketball. That could be, you know, untrue after game one in Philadelphia. I feel like it was immediately, but it's the best time, right? It's anything can happen. So, you know. Yeah, that's that, that's true. Um, and just for me, you know, being on the lookout for, you know, some other content we have coming out. We uh, have our annual NFL game show uh, spearheaded by, you know, the guy on the screen with me, my guy, GK Sizzle. So be on the lookout for that. Um, there's some new wrinkles in there. So, you know, make sure you stay tuned to how that unfolds. I think you guys are going to love it as always. Uh, you guys always Schrodinger so, show. Maybe yeah, so. we record it. Maybe we don't. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, no. Listen, we're we're we're, we're going to get it done. We'll see. Yeah, we got some 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 issues that were out of our control, but <laughs> literally out of our control. Uh, so we're going to make sure that we get that done so that you guys can hear uh, all the great that we have to say for the NFL. So uh, for BK Sizzle, I'm Hollywood Richard Buchanan. Uh, we thank you for listening. Until next time, we'll see you. Peace. Hey, what's happening out there, everybody? This is Lawrence Ross, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about my podcast, The Lawrence Ross Show. Egomaniac. It's a two-hour weekly exploration into my mind. I also do sketches, celebrity impersonations. You're out of order! And I also do song parodies. Not too shabby for a blind guy. Not only are you visually impaired, but you are geographically impaired. New episodes are released every Friday. Check it out on your favorite podcasting platform or listen to it here on Society 13 on Electrocast. 
Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there. Oh, 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 o